Welcome to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. This is Jason with Cause Collective. I'm here with my host, Don Rocky from Casa Lancaster County. This show was created to highlight the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. And if you'd like to learn more about Cause Collective and how we help those nonprofit members better serve the community, we'd love to have you visit our website at causecollectivelincoln.org. And while you're there, we'd also love to have you sign up for our free community newsletter to read about what many of our members are up to and learn about what they are doing and how you can support them. Just go to our website and click on the button on the top right called Community Outreach. And under there, you'll see three things. The Community Newsletter button called In Common and past episodes of this radio show. And also there's a new board match page if you're interested in being on a board of one of our members. They have several members listed there with current openings. So we'd love to have you check all those things out. So welcome, Don, and I'll let you introduce and welcome our guests. Great. Thank you, Jason. Today we are talking to Nicole Palmer. She is Community Outreach Coordinator for Friendship Home. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, great. Um, to get us started, tell us a little bit how you um, got started working for nonprofits. Uh, sure. So um, how I was a marketing major here at UNL. Um, and I went back home to Omaha and I actually started in the for-profit world. Um, funny story, at one day at work, they were, I don't know, it's a billion dollar company and they were asking us how many paper clips and how many pens we had at our desk. And I thought, I've got to get out of this. I This is not my passion. And so I um, went into a nonprofit um, in Omaha and then went to another one um, prior to having kids. I took a little bit of a break um, when my daughter was born. But I will tell you, I continued volunteering. I know one, being a marketing major, but two, also coming from a nonprofit, how important it is for us to have volunteers in our community. Uh, so I was serving on um, a board for um, a sorority on campus. Um, I was in charge of an alumni group. Uh, when my daughter went to school, I joined the PTO. Um, they needed a new event. And I said, hey, I used to plan walks and um, um, biking events in Omaha. I said, I could start a new event for you. So um, we started a new event at her elementary school that was bringing in about ten to $12,000 each year for the PTO. Um, so again, it was all volunteer, which, you know, my husband just loved. Um, and then um, I, again, I was still serving on a board where um, the Greek system sometimes at UNL doesn't always get a positive light shined on it. And so I really wanted to shine the light on the positive things that we do. And so I had an alumni event that I said, please, everyone bring something for our local um, charity that we support, which is Friendship Home. And um, we'll do in-kind items. So I did a little research with Friendship Home. I brought the items in to Friendship Home that came from our event from my alumni group. And they gave me a phone call just to thank me and to find out why, you know, I chose Friendship Home. And I shared my story. And so I think you'll all appreciate this. I then ended up on a committee for Friendship Home. Um, I was doing safe quarters teams um, with Friendship Home. And I would say about maybe a year and a half into that, uh, they had a part-time position open. And they knew I had a nonprofit background. And they knew my kiddos were both in school at this point. Um, and they asked me if I would consider um, jumping on staff. And so I did. And that was 
That was five years ago. So when I go out and present to Qantas groups and rotaries, sometimes they're like, well, Nicole, do you want to join our group? And I'm like, what? Now I work nonprofit and I still am involved with the PTOs and with my sorority. But um, I talk to people from college about how that was my connection into, um, and that wasn't my plan, obviously, but it was a beautiful connection. And again, five years later, um, we have a lot of new things happening at Friendship Home and I love what I do. That's, that is great. I love that. I love that story. What do you think is the best part of your job now that you've been there for five years? Um, you know, I, I think one, I love sharing awareness um, about Friendship Home because uh, to me, what I'm finding is that it sounds so easy. Leave a domestic violence situation and people think it's that easy and it's not that easy. And so when I present to anywhere from high school students up to big business, um, I really stress now the barriers of why it's hard for people to leave. Um, and I think maybe if there's a breakthrough in that audience where someone's like, oh, now I get it. They, I think sometimes we're critical of people that didn't leave a situation, especially if children were involved. And when I would start talking about income is a barrier, um, custody is a barrier, you know, all these different things, having a pet in the home for some people was a barrier. They didn't want to leave a pet behind. And so I think when I have someone come, would have someone come up to me after a presentation and talk to me about that, I realized I'm really making an impact in our community. Great. Great. I like that. Um, for those listeners who may not be familiar with Friendship Home, can you give us a little a bit on the mission and, and history of Friendship Home. Yeah, so um, Friendship Home is Lincoln's only um, confidential emergency domestic violence shelter. Um, we actually um, opened in 1978. Um, interesting story, I won't get into all the details, but we originally did not open as a domestic violence shelter. We, we opened as a location for people that were going to come and visit their husbands that were in prison and they didn't have a place to stay for a night or two. Um, but what actually happened is one of the first knocks at the door was someone that was fleeing a domestic violence um, situation and they realized, wait a minute, maybe that's what we need to be doing. And so that is how Friendship Home really started. Um, so 1978 is when we began, 1985 is when we had our first actual permanent um, communal shelter location that we own. We still have that location. It's used as a service center um, now, but really we're trying to meet the needs of those in the community um, that are struggling with um, sexual violence, stalking, intimate partner violence. And we do that in a confidential manner with safe emergency shelter. That's great, that's great. Um, I know there's a variety of programs um, that Friendship Home has. Can you tell us a little bit about those programs or maybe something new that you guys are doing too? Um, yeah, I'll do a little bit of both. So um, crisis services are so important. Uh, when we talk to people, not everybody that calls our crisis line is ready to leave, um, or maybe they don't think it's their safest time to leave. Um, and one of the things that um, we stress at Friendship Home is only the victim knows the safest time to leave because every situation is a different and she or she will know their abuser best. 
Um, so um, we we stress that when people call into our crisis line. So if they're maybe it's not the best time for them to leave, we're still offering crisis services. We'll, we'll still have an advocate work with them and connect with them. Um, once they're in our shelter, we are really working on rebuilding lives. So what we're trying to share with people that maybe someone in my audience needs our services and I just don't know because they're working at whatever company I'm presenting. Um, we really like to let people know it is not just a shelter and a meal. It is an opportunity for us to help you with different programs, with different like the LNK app, things like that um, in Lincoln. Each person that comes in is assigned an advocate. And if they have children coming in with them, um, we have children's advocates. So each family is assigned a children's advocate. And where that can be really helpful is if mom is working with her advocate or, or in some situations it's dad, is working with their advocate um, and they just, maybe they don't wanna share everything that happened in their household that their children didn't know about. So the children's advocate can take um, the kiddos outside and play ball or play a board game or or something that maybe um, mom just didn't have time for um, or dad just didn't have time for because they were focusing on their next move or their next step. So there's a lot of crisis services going along with what we offer in our shelters. Um, also, we're a strengths-based um, agency. So for those that are familiar with Clifton Strengths Finder with Gallup, um, that is offered to not only all of our staff members at Friendship Home, uh, but we do offer that to the families that we serve. It is not mandatory. Um, that's important to us too. They've been in a relationship where possibly things have been mandatory for years for them and they didn't get to make choices. So it's a choice. Um, but it's a chance for them and even their children at a certain age to take this Strengths Explorer um, to really see what their strengths are and maybe connect the um, kids and mom better because that violent situation was hard on both of them, you know, as well. Um, so again, strengths-based um, um, uh, company. Um, and then something else that we're working on um, is preventative education. So um, Friendship Home has, you know, an opportunity with many other agencies in town with a promotion that's going on right now to win a chance at a grant. And um, our paperwork was for um, preventative education. So I do go into schools when teachers ask me to come in and talk about our services. So I really start there, stressing what we do, what Friendship Home is about. Um, but then I try to end the presentation in schools with a little bit about healthy relationships. Um, what we'd like to do is, is have that not just be when the teachers are reaching out, but it would be a curriculum with LPS that we would develop and we would be in um, at minimum all of our high schools or public high schools, but then even adding a certain level um, in, in middle school. So that's something that we're focusing on to see if we can get ahead um, and make the changes at the beginning. Um, so the ending isn't um, where it has been for some of those that are coming into shelter. Yeah. Um, as you know, CASA works with juvenile court and so um, and with abuse and neglect. And so we see a lot of domestic violence and see the impact on kids. And, and so I think that preventative piece would be so important um i hope that i hope that comes to fruition for you well i hope so and i know we have plans just you know 
I, I think everyone here knows what goes behind a grant. And we have yeah. um, amazing um, grant writers um, on staff here at Friendship Home. And if this one isn't meant to be for us, there will be another one. So yep. um, our plan is to is to not give up. And I think what I find interesting is even for someone that I'm in a healthy relationship with my partner, um, but I came from a family that had domestic violence. Um, there's other families that are in healthy relationships and they may not realize what their student is going through um, with a dating partner. Right. And so we can get into to high schools even and saying, you know, no, your, your phone is a private item to you. You don't need to have your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner looking at that. It's very eye-opening once you say that to them. And some people think it's normal or they think, oh, my my partner's just very protective of me and that's why they want to know what I'm doing all the time. And and so getting into schools and sharing that, I think, um, is eye-opening for students. So hopefully we can do that everywhere. Undoubtedly. Um, yeah. It's always fun to hear a, a positive client story. So do you have a, a client story that you could share with us? Yes, yes. I... Um, I was thinking about this because this is a, a, a popular question um, before we present. Um, and I'm not an advocate at Friendship Home, but I do sit in with our advocates um, when we're planning different things um, on our um, team or me going out to present. We do talk about some of the stories um, and, and families that we're serving. But we had a family just a few years ago where um, it was mom and two teenage kids. Um, coming into shelter and they had wanted to come into shelter before but really didn't know the process and it was really hard to leave. Um, her partner would block her vehicle in um, in the garage. So when her partner would come home, she wouldn't be able to get her vehicle um, out. And there was a point where an argument took place and then her partner um, ran out to buy an item at like a quick shop. And she said to herself, this is my opportunity kids grab your stuff we're going but that doesn't mean like pack your bag and grab everything i mean it was such a quick decision jump in the car take off um she panicked a little bit but called friendship home and she said i left i left i've got my two kids this particular family um did come into our shelter and we have a communal shelter but we have single family apartments as well and um our single family apartments can still be a communal shelter like stay which is six to eight weeks of emergency shelter uh, but we also have transitional um, apartments, which are six months to up to two years. This particular family came in and then they were able to get into an apartment. Um, and one of the, sh I actually saw mom in person. And one of the stories that she shared is obviously she was terrified. She came in with two teenagers. Now she's rooming with her teenage son because it was a two bedroom apartment. Um, but one, he said to her, mom, I don't care that I left my favorite, sh whatever shoes they were. I don't know what brand they were, you know, teenagers, you know, mm -hmm. I've got a couple. So their favorite, whatever. He's like, I don't care that we left all this behind. This is the safest that I have ever felt. Mm. And the mom just was in tears. And then another um, situation with that same family is, um, again, teenage daughter, middle school's tough. I've got a middle schooler. Um, she went into the bathroom, which Friendship Home has all the supplies, you know, food in the cupboards, um, bedding on the beds. But the daughter went into the bathroom, opened the drawer, and there was a brand new hairbrush. And she literally came out and said, Mom, Friendship Home thought of everything. Because I think for um, that have not been through this, um, we take for granted that 
fresh deodorant and toothbrush and a hairbrush that someone else didn't have that we were able to buy at Target or whatever for granted. And and this mom says she will never forget that because it's so scary for her to leave with her kids, not only changing her life, but kind of changing that their lives and, and, and taking them out of the world that they lived in. Um, but that family ended up in our transitional housing and that mom was able to finish a nursing degree through Southeast Community College. Um, so it's a story that we we love to share. And we don't always get all of that information from the family. So when we do have that, it's really meaningful to what to the staff here and, and how we're making oh, yeah. it in their lives. No, that's a great that's a great story. That's a great story. And and so um, cool that those kids saw their mom be protective and, and step up and and be brave. It's very hard. Exactly. Exactly. When I talked about that strength finder, and I know, Don, you would know this from what you do, um, you know, kids, it's scary. They still love their other parent or guardian, and they care about them. And so um, having that family recognize and be supportive of mom and, you know, we are safe, we all feel safe is a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Well, tell us more about how um, Friendship Home is funded, because um, we talked a little bit about grants, but I know that grants alone can't do it. So that is um, yes, that is that is very true. So um, we are very, very lucky for the community support we get in in Lincoln. So um, obviously we do have grants. I already talked about our amazing grant writers. Um, we have um, funding that comes from um, state and um, federal government level. Um, we have United Way funding. Mm-hmm. And then we also rely heavily on our Lincoln donors um, and our sponsors, our company sponsors. Um, we, I think, briefly touched right before we went on air about our big event coming up for state quarters. So um, that's our largest local fundraiser that typically brings in $125,000 a year, give or take. Um, I know Give to Lincoln is is getting huge, right? But Give to Lincoln is kind of put together through the foundation. So for our personal events, um, uh, Safe Quarters is still our largest fundraiser. And then a lot of community members would know about our Stuff the Bus, which is mostly in-kind donations where people mm-hmm. are bringing those da- donations in April and putting them on those um, Star Tram buses at the Walmart and the Sam Club locations. So those in-kind items, not all of them, but many of them get us through an entire year of stocking our shelters. But right. you can imagine how many supplies we go through when emergency shelters six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's some turnover of, of a brand new bottle of shampoo for that next family. And the family that moved out can take that stuff with them that was was there. So that's some of the in-kind things that come in, but um, safe quarters in our community and then just um, our community members supporting anytime we do um, an ask. Uh, I, again, I came from Omaha. I am so proud of our Lincoln community and how um, people, one, step up, and two, agencies work together. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was on recently. Jason, I'm not sure if it was with you or somebody else, because I know we were recently visiting, but someone talked about what a beautiful thing it is that the Omaha um, agencies, oh, it was United Way, how our Lincoln agencies work together and our Omaha agencies work together. But here in Lincoln, we have a great, great group of, of, of people. And again, the community are some really big supporters for us. Yeah, but I know, said the same. I mean, we, we tend to collaborate and rally around issues. And a lot of times you don't see that in the community. You see more 
competitive competition between yes. agencies, but you, you don't see that. As well, it's nice as not to recreate the wheel because I think, yeah. you know, we're always working every one of us, I think is always worried about our funding and shortages sure. and being able to offer that next thing. Like for us, it's the kind of preventive education. And it's nice if we're not all doing the research as well as another agency, right? That we, we communicate to say, are you offering, sure. are we offering this? And so it makes a, a big difference. And I would say that when Safe Borders started um, 20 years ago, we're, we're on our 20th year anniversary, which is pretty amazing, right? Um, it started because they were worried that they were going to have to shut down one of our shelters. And there was a shortage of funding. And they said, we have got to come up with something. And it's really cool. We have reached out to the board members that helped us start that event 20 years ago. And we're hoping to do some interviews with them um, that maybe the public will see. Mm -hmm. uh, but they came up with, the name was actually thought of in a dream, Safe Quarters, and it has a double meaning, right? And so it's a pretty cool event that again started 20 years ago, typically about 125,000, give or take every year with sponsors. And so huge part of our funding, huge part and of the for, To have an event, to have a longevity of 20 years is a lot. I mean, that says a lot about not only the structure yeah. of the event, but um, how effective it is. And um, tell us how, I know you use a lot of volunteers for Safe Quarters. So if somebody is listening to this and says, you know what, I think I wanna help. Let us, tell us how they can help you. Yeah, I'll share a little bit about Safe Quarters volunteering, but then also some other things because okay. I know that's right. not everyone's thing. Some people are intimidated about a donation or request. I think the one thing that I want to stress is that Safe Quarters, which is a door-to-door -door event in the community, um, I like to share with new teams, like most community members know about it. We have, like in my neighborhood, people are waiting at the door with a check, which is amazing, or a piggy bank, and their kids are, you know, part of that as well. Um, but one of the things that we like to share, um, the last two years we were virtual, which was still wonderful. We got links out. Uh, but part of Safe Quarters is that awareness that we've had people come into our shelters because they're transplant, they came from another city, and that brochure that was left in their door, we call it a buck slip, but the buck slip that was left in their door for an opportunity to either give or learn about Friendship Home was how they found out about us and actually came into shelter. So Safe Quarters is not just about the dollars, which that is great to help us keep our doors open, but it is about spreading the awareness of what Friendship Home does because we never know who needs our services. So volunteers are needed to go door to door to collect, but we also need people at our event site, which is on October 9th. So if a team isn't their thing, we can find a place for them to help us hand out a food item, help us check in people for registration. Um, they can go to friendshiphome.org to find out more information on how they could register. And again, that event is Sunday, October 9th. That's uh, that's a great way to help us wrap this up, have people thinking about um, your event and how they can help out. And and I know that I have participated with, with Safe Quarters a lot. And you, you guys send out a postcard and say, hey, this will be at your door. And, all of that and i think it's a i think it's a great event and wish you guys the best of luck um anything else any one last thing you want to share with us about that you wish people knew about friendship home um i think the oh the last thing i want to share 
in, I tried to do this at a booth in 30 seconds, is that I want people to know we have more than just communal shelter because some people, the fear of the unknown is scarier to them than the known. So knowing that we have single family apartments as well as communal, but also that we are set up to serve anyone experiencing intimate partner violence. So many times we hear friendship home, it's a women's shelter. We want to let people know that's how our single family apartments can really help is that we're set up to serve anyone. So anyone that's experiencing intimate partner violence or sexual violence or trafficking here in Lincoln can give our crisis line a call. Um, hopefully they can pop it up, but if not, our crisis line is 402-437-9302. Great, Nicole. That's, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, Nicole, that's great information. And even if you're not, if you're listening and you're not able to help out in any way, I would really encourage you to go to their website. I reviewed almost all of it in the last week or so. And it's great to help people understand that, you know, there is that myth that, oh, why can't you just leave? And that's a horrible myth to have. They, you do a really clear, concise way of explaining why that's not the case. Um, and why people sometimes aren't able to or aren't ready to. So that I encourage everyone just to go there and read up and educate yourself so you can help others understand that as well. So thank you for coming in. That's all the time we have today. Uh, uh, go check out friendshiphome.org and learn more information. And listeners, thank you for listening to Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD, Lincoln's community radio. Again, for more information about Cause Collective and to listen to past podcasts, go to causecollectivelincoln.org. And we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.